0: Such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report Inside Pharma segment with my co host, Headley Reese, Inside Pharma career expert. And this is Dr. Lee for America, U.S. physician. And certainly very aware of the very um, dark side of big pharma. And in our Inside Pharma report, each week we expose what's going on inside the black box that is big pharma, which is getting darker and more black as time goes on. And they are operating with no regulatory oversight and no safety checks and citizens beware. Today, we really have an explosive show with investigative journalist Johnny Vedmore from Wales, who has an encyclopedic knowledge of the wrongdoings that actually go back many, many decades we are going to ask Johnny Vedmore today and Headley Reese to expose just exactly who is Sir Richard Sykes, former CEO of Galaxo GSK in the UK's vaccine task force. What is the key role that the GSK, Galaxo Smith Klein Pharmaceutical Company employees played? in enabling the task force to be the first to bring the Pfizer-BioNTech SARS-CoV-2 injections and others to these emergency use or conditional authorizations. In addition, we're going to talk about not only Sir Richard Sykes, but also Jeremy Farrar and the origins of the Wellcome Trust role in censoring and dumbing down scientific research in pharmaceuticals and life sciences in order to pursue the very dark, and I've described it as demonic, globalist agendas that are aimed at destroying life, destroying individual liberty, and destroying individual sovereignty of nations around the world. This is a very ominous agenda and we have two experts to expose it all today and start the discussion and if we don't get to everything that johnny vedmore and Headley reese want to discuss they'll be back again next week and the week after and whatever we need to shine light on this evil agenda that is destroying life and freedom welcome Headley reese my co-host and chief um, on the Inside Pharma Report. You are the chief expert here. So take us away and tell us more about your connection with Johnny.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Lee. I am absolutely delighted to introduce fellow Wiseman Johnny Redmoor. Encyclopedic knowledge is is not a, a strong a, a term to explain what he knows. He goes back centuries. He's got this unique skill of being in, of finding things that you'd never know existed even. And we had a chat a few weeks ago when I was in the hot seat, and we finished off. when I learned more than uh, than he he did. So and. Um, I'm not going to waste too too much more time because we've got a really strong agenda and I'm going to ask Johnny to lead off by telling us something about Sir Richard Sykes and what you know and what's that led you on to.
2: Okay, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And it's really uh, important for me to be speaking about this to an American audience because a lot of the time, what's happened is it's been British audiences who are more focused on the British side and American audiences focused on the American side. But the Americans needed uh, bagmen, they needed people to sort them out, they needed fixers, they needed the guys to do the job behind the scenes, same as they did in Britain. And this is what I study. I study the people who do things behind the scenes and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're conspiracy theory they're conspiracy fact most people uh in higher positions conspire with each other to benefit either their company organization or themselves and so that's all, all what i do and uh, trying to understand the proximal origin papers where i started um really that that was uh brought on by me doing research for a whitney webb article for unlimited hangout uh, which looked at the welcome leap program and uh, my job was to study jeremy farrar and i found him an extraordinary character really rich in history and found Uh, lots of things in his past that that became anomalies and led me down this path of trying to understand uh, this group of actors that are kind of like, I'd say like a mafioso wing, an unaccountable mafioso style, medical mafioso uh, style uh, group who are given the hardest tasks to do. I mean, the group I'm going to discuss includes, like you say, Richard Sykes, who likes to be known as Dr. Sykes, uh, and he, he he was a very uh he, he came from huddersfield originally um went to roid school which um was where wilson went um and so the, the prime minister and and so he, he had a, a be, very interesting background obviously and he was from a very elite family it seems um but his uh entry into the world of medicine was really um going to america which is very interesting um because it was a squib institute where he went in Nineteen seventy-nine, where his career really started to begin. And then when he came back to Britain, he went back to work for a company he'd worked for before being at the Squibb Institute, and that was Glaxo. Um, of course, back then, uh, it wasn't Glaxo Smith-Kline. There was um, Glaxo, and then it was Smith-Kline Beecham, and there was the Welcome Trust. Um, well, not the Welcome Trust yet. It was actually um, Welcome PLC, and in America, it was Burroughs Welcome. It hadn't yet formed into the Wellcome Trust, Trust that wouldn't happen, but until no, between ninety five and two thousand, was really headed on by Richard Sykes. He's such an important person to understand what we're seeing happening all over the world. He's such an important person. He's a guy who creates the idea of the infrastructure, the the where the infrastructure should lead you, the objectives, and how to basically win the battle before going on the battlefield and take over everything he redesigned the entirety of how research is collated in a way that is fundamental today um, and allows these people power over the research what research is seen and what research isn't seen what research is accepted and what research isn't and allows them to create papers papers that uh, that are myths rather than science you know use very clever wording to go around the mulberry bush but never tell you anything um part of the, part of the reason why they ended up being the people who were were chosen for the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2 uh paper that was a really important moment where they revealed their true face to the world i think it, it shows how fundamentally um important the whole covid agenda was uh that they would be willing to reveal their their face i think it shows that we're so far along in the medical um uh, uh dictatorship, this dystopia that was so far along that they now no longer mind showing their faces because if we go back to the beginning uh, where Sykes comes back to um, uh, st- uh, to work in Britain for GlaxoSmithKline, he's basically I think Deputy Head of, of Research for uh, GlaxoSmithKline throughout the 80s and um, he in the 90s he would make all of these changes but he needed other people I mean Jeremy Farrar is really important but one of the most important people to this time is a guy called roy anderson uh, and roy anderson um is the mentor of neil ferguson uh in, he was uh the head of the Wellcome trust when jeremy Farrar was originally brought in by edward c holmes um and these are the guys i've studied these are the guys i've looked at these are the sort of uh figures that are really fundamentally important to understanding what happened because jeremy Farrar is an extremely interesting figure i mean um he he was uh finishing his Uh, time at Oxford studying at Oxford Uh, he had finished his PhD um, and he was about to uh, go off and he was recruited by Edward C Holmes who had just been put into charge of an Oxford welcome uh, program Um, and that recruitment would see him go to the Far East and then eventually become this massive I mean he's become a juggernaut he's 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 surpassed all of the people who put him into place Jeremy is one of the most interesting men uh, I, I think I've, I've studied um, within this sort of these sort of circles because I think there's something more about him too. Um, I, I <laughs> it, Something doesn't make sense in his history for a start. If you look at his parents, Eric Ferrar. Eric Ferrar was born in 1917 and his parents were apparently at the time 56 years old. So there's something extremely wrong there in actual fact there's another man in history who. Who I think uh, Jeremy Farrar is related to, a man who basically mirrors completely the life of Jeremy Farrar in history over a hundred years ago. A guy called Reginald Farrar, head of Board of Health for London, who was went to the Far East, studied viruses, studied bubonic plague, eventually died of, of typhoid, has an amazing career. And I think that somehow they're related. I think there's there's a relate. Go on.
1: Yeah. Can you explain a bit more about the, the, the proximal source of SARS-CoV-2 for, for listeners? I, I remember seeing leaked emails where Farah had facilitated this paper. Can you say a bit more about that for us?
2: Yeah, we we have the Buzz, uh, feed news l- leaks that came out. They managed to get um, a freedom of information request. Managed to get a load of uh, um, emails that were happening behind the scenes, and it basically it showed that Witty and um, Fauci were both uh, subservient to Farrar. They actually uh, they they hand over all control to everybody. They say everything. The organisation of not only the you know the proximal origin paper was not only organized by Jeremy Farrar but the organization of the entire plan for the vaccine rollout, uh, the vac- the response to the pandemic, everything will kind of go through Farrar in some way. Basically, he's the man who does everything, and it was like all of the American and British saying, "Here you go. This is this man who has been uh, who is the head of an organization." Which you have to understand how Welcome Trust really was forged, how that was forged, because in the nineties, there's it's like moment where um, AZT, the uh, drug that was used, um, that was a gene killing drug that killed lots of people who had uh, HIV and AIDS, or who were, were said to have HIV and AIDS. Uh, you, you have to remember that Roy Anderson, who I talked about earlier, he actually created the modeling behind HIV and AIDS. So it's hard to know whether or not these people, actually, he also did all the computer modeling for foot and mouth, and eventually, of course, train up all the people who do all the modeling for COVID. So is one person who leads down all the way down the line who's this important and in the 90s this mixture of these guys who were all getting together with this, they needed obviously to rid themselves of their um uh, burdens of accountability and responsibility for all of their previous actions as welcome plc and burroughs welcome and they needed the wel- welcome trust to be created and so uh it became glaxo welcome at one point uh so glaxo welcome merge and then uh, Smith, Klein, Beecham merged uh, partially with Glaxo Welcome. So then it became Glaxo Smith, Klein, Beecham's and the Welcome Trust. And the Welcome Trust was now no longer it had divested by two thousand. I think it was it had divested all of its um, uh, corporate sort of wing, and it was now just a trust, just a foundation that run uh, on the the vast wealth. I mean, it's the second. I think the second biggest. Uh, medical trust in the world second or It's like really really powerful um and obviously they've got a lot of money um but they disguise themselves they hide out in the background um uh, very much but you have to understand how that was forged out of that sort of merger meant that they suddenly had disc- this created from i mean the, the the coup is amazing you think about that as a coup you have a company that's done loads of really bad stuff has uh given people a drug that has killed lots of people um and now it's just going to disappear just disappear all of a sudden and no one's going to be held accountable in actual fact they're going to set up for the next round of fraudulent behavior because these people are responsible for nearly every single i mean these five people are responsible for nearly every single uh, attempt to start a pandemic worldwide the bird flu pandemics foot and mouth uh, bse all of them were these guys in central positions especially roy anderson
1: so how does Fauci fit in to all this? I mean, you know, he's 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 part of it, yeah, and he's obviously in the U.S. and he's fronting a lot of stuff in in the in the U.S. So how was Fauci and Farrar working together, and what was the whole dynamic going on there?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to um, pick some of that in uh, in different ways. Um, I think that Ebola was like 2014, 2015, and the crisis around Ebola was a really important time where you saw all of these scientists that were really uh, headed up the COVID. Uh, narratives and and uh, organization all come together at once i think that was a really important time and i think that they knew that something was coming um it's really hard to know uh is uh, what was your question again uh, rephrase your sorry give me a question again
1: Yeah, s- sorry I- i'm going back to you know the the wet fish market in wuhan and the fact they wrote this paper oh, yeah fauci
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was about. I think it was about nine days. If you give them some credit, yeah. If you give them a little leeway, it was nine days they'd written the, the the paper in. And and Christian, people like Christian Anderson, who wrote the paper, actually said, you know, in in these Buzzfeed leaks, in these emails, said, you know, oh, this is this isn't from Natural Origins. This is from a lab and later on he's there defending like straight-faced constantly defending calling people conspiracy theorists for saying the same thing that come up in the emails themselves and a lot of i I mean a lot of it what people have got to understand in america is that the americans don't handle the most dangerous parts themselves they have to hand them off to certain people so they've got their own issues with all of uh like fauci eco health alliance whatever all of that, that group over there and all of that crowd, a lot of the people who hang around in Harvard set, um, they're all involved in, in these sort of things. But over here, what they do is like, if they if they fear that there's just too much heat to come off it, they take it over and they don't take it over to the welcome trust. This is one of the things that people really don't understand and what really makes me understand. I think they take it over to the Royal Society. And the Royal Society is a completely different sort of uh fish it's uh, really big it's got some of the biggest uh most uh, renowned retired scientists in the uk all presiding with uh, royal decree in a special establishment that lobbies government and lobbies other uh, corporations on behalf of government uh, secretly behind closed doors and you don't get to know anything that's going on there and they make it all look like you know oh elon musk is a member of the royal society so and so is a member of the royal society but all of these guys Have been recruited by the Royal Society. It feels and it seems, and the trail leads back to them organizing it really I mean even even most of these people who I'm talking about now were recruited by Robert May and Robert may was once uh, I, I think he was once head of the Wellcome Trust but he was also uh, head of the Royal Society at the time when all of this was happening and when he was forming all of this I mean Neil Ferguson himself who's the guy who's behind all of the amazing uh, data that's you know fraudulent data uh, and uh, a pandemic uh, outlooks are just over the top he he was was, uh, he was recruited at a robert may conference he was initially recruited by listening to robert may speak and i think a lot of these people um g- get attracted by this royal set these guys who hang around in tuxedos hang around with members of lower down royal families and and seem powerful um but that also it gives the americans i i i, I don't know what analogy to use it excites i mean fundamentally deep down excites americans dynasty uh royal stuff things like that means that they can get away with anything as soon as you go to the that's why like for instance epstein uh, chose prince andrew to get close to when he wanted to do british dealings because if any problems come up you say royal family and ev- all of the police go i'm not looking at anything anymore so royal institute has the same sort of thing
1: Uh, Johnny, can I just ask Dr. Lee at this point, because you've given us so much to ponder. Um, Have you got any questions at this stage? Yes, I do.
0: In fact, um, Johnny, I think it's urgent for you to come back to something that I know Americans listening, you said it so quickly, but we got to come back to this. You talked about these people are responsible for attempting to start Every pandemic over this modern era that we've certainly the last 40 years I've been in medicine, um, I'd like you to come back to that. You mentioned Mm -hmm. several and you rattled them off so quickly. We need to we need to talk about that because for every one of those, certainly in the U.S., people were pushed by the government to take an experimental shot. You mentioned Ebola, BSE, bird flu, and a couple of others. Would you talk more about their role in helping to start other pandemics that people may have heard about?
2: Yeah, I think that there's like a training. There's sort of like um, uh, uh, you, you, let's put it in chronological order. Let's start off. Roy Anderson first comes to prominence in media on radio etc um, when he's talking about hiv and their first model in hiv and they're telling people hiv will that be out of control it's going to be a pandemic it's going to be everywhere and then they sell them the drugs that of course kill a load of people but they make a load of money off it the next uh, about five years down the line it's actually happening at the same time as that within the late 80s and and culminates in inquiries in the 90s you've got bsc so bovine sponge forming and keplopathy mad cow's disease and what they've what what uh who's involved in uh, spreading the idea that it could spread all over the place roy anderson who again is there as a head of the welcome trust saying okay we need loads of funding for this at the same time they're still feeding um, the government officials and people linked with him uh, 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 excusing the fact they're feeding contaminated beef to cows and um offal to cows and then saying oh well you know uh, it's not going to do anything it's all going to be fine so they're kind of trying to manifest it seems a virus and okay we, we go to um 2000 where roy anderson Anderson leaves Oxford University. Uh, sets up um, a unit for a disease, a um, animal disease that hadn't hadn't been around um, for uh, thirty years. Foot and mouth in the UK in December of two thousand, uh, Roy Anderson set up a team that was there, including Neil Ferguson and all of his uh, rest of his gang, who were there to study foot and mouth, as though it was like a present danger. It hadn't been around for thirty years. Three months later, four months later the whole country is locked down because of uh, foot and mouth all around the country supposedly just happened uh, in in, um, March or April Um, but they they had been Put in charge of doing that and then they said that you know they went to the people uh, roy anderson neil ferguson went out to the people and said this is going to be so deadly that you're going to have to not listen to any of this advisory panel that you normally listen about to this subject you've got to put us in charge and they said that to tony blair and tony blair gave them all out power and it was coming up to the elections because it was coming up to the elections in the uk that forced tony ha- uh, blair's hand to say you have all power don't listen to the usual committee of people who speak big sense and and all have a, a, a like a conversation let's just leave roy anderson b- make pyres full of 8 million cattle burning in the countryside and lock down the entire countryside no more ring vaccinations like you would use for foot and mouth no no we'll do this now after that um they were they were given they were treated as heroes they were given honors in the new year's uh, uh, queen's new year's honors list and what what that means they're going to do what does that mean they're going to do well, within the next few years they're trying to convince everybody that bird flu is going to be um everywhere they're warning about it they go around in actual fact jeremy farrar is one of the people who discovers the bird flu outbreak that they say is going to kill something like 200 million people or something uh and kill something like f- a few thousand people uh, officially that's whether or not the actual tests that were used to test for bird flu could be trusted um that was a really weird one world health organization turns up they test the the family who was supposedly had bird flu Uh, i think it's in thailand or somewhere like this um it's in asia anyway um they come up they say no it's not bird flu it's all fine and um uh farrar sends his mate back when the world health organization has gone and retest them again and suddenly they find bird flu and then they 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 say oh we need to call out for a pandemic and you know worldwide this is going to kill neil ferguson makes models multiple times for bird flu over the next few years that say hundreds of millions of people will die and these models are all faked all there to to scare us to give us this fear so they're trying to spark these pandemics all throughout and none of them caught on you know then you see them do the same thing ebola was one of the scariest you know it's such a a quick it seems like it's such a quick burnout disease that there's no possibility that it could actually end up in a massive pandemic but it scares people so they want to tell people that it's going to be sorry go on
0: well yeah, yeah one of the things i want to just comment johnny we we can pick up the ebola after the break um but this is this is critically important for people to understand and of course i can come back and add the perspective on what fauci did in hiv that led to many many excess thousands of deaths because he blocked treatment for pneumocystis pneumonia which was really what was killing people because i was in medical practice in the 80s when hiv broke out and fauci had a very dark and dangerous role then which never really got adequate attention and led to him still being the health dictator for america in the COVID pandemic. Let's come back to all of this after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the whistleblower report inside pharma with Headley Reese and Johnny Bedmore, investigative journalist from Wales. And we will be right back. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. And for those of you that want to listen on demand to all of our whistleblower reports, Simply go to www.whistleblowerreports.org and you can play them all right there and see all of the topics that we've done exposing the evil agenda that has been going on through the COVID pandemic and developing for years before that. We'll be right back after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the second half of the Whistleblower Report, Inside Pharma, with my co-host, Headley Reese, and investigative journalist, Johnny Vedmore, talking about the extraordinary black box in England that has been going on in the planning of so many of the pandemics that I recall over my 40 years in medicine. And each of these episodes, I remember what was happening. I remember the push for a vaccine. I remember the fear campaigns. The playbook has been repeated over and over again. So you had listed HIV, uh, mad cow disease, foot and mouth disease. And I remember the horrific situation with the slaughter of all of these livestock in england and in fact they were even shutting down people traveling we were traveling overseas we got asked if we had visited a farm in england before we could come back to the us i mean this was people were just going bunkers over trying to control this disease and then bird flu. And now we know that the bio labs that the U.S. has been paying for in Ukraine have been developing a weaponized form of avian or bird flu that is very ominous. And that's our own government dabbling in all of this. And then we I remember the Ebola outbreak in 2014, and the fact that Ebola patients were brought back to the U.S. with all kinds of fanfare and B-rolls showing people bleeding from every orifice and terrifying the public about Ebola. And now we see what's been happening with COVID. So, Johnny, what else is there in this mix of the pandemics that this nefarious and diabolical crew originating in England with the Wellcome Trust and Ferguson and Anderson and Sykes and Farrar have been orchestrating.
2: Well, it's really funny that you talk about the idea of uh, like, you know, Ukrainian labs producing avian flu. When I was researching foot foot and mouth, I'm I'm trying to take in, I, I can't even take in the figures now i can't even accept them as real because it's so insane i want to i want to reduce every time i want to um not exaggerate any of the evidence i got i want to say at least this number so i want to say that for instance foot and mouth is a seven i think different types of foot and mouth you've got that the lab in um the Purbright lab in the uk has like something like over 50,000 samples but it's not it's not you you want to say it's over 200,000 samples but the, you know it's not it's, it's five hundred thousand samples and over time every time i hear that I, I just feel that it's just esoteric why would you keep that many samples of anything and it seems to be that what happens if you keep like putting dangerous stuff into a place it, it's going to explode and what we discovered and this is really interesting about foot and mouth of course is that foot and mouth later on was believed to have come from a lab leak um between the time of foot and mouth and 2007 a study was done and again i want to under under i want to say it was like seven but i think it was like 15 or something major occurrences of leaks happening where there's been rusty pipes they're disposing of things and it's just going onto the ground and buddy rabbits are drinking out of viral loads and stuff i mean it's just insane but this has been throughout the entirety of history they've been slapdash with it because what happens if they have a leak what Happens. they get a massive increase in budget they become the center of attention they become heroes they become honored you look at roy anderson after foot and mouth um, him and neil ferguson become the heroes of foot and mouth they're not only given awards in the queen's honors list but eventually he's working for the mod by 2008 you know it's very obvious that there's another there's an undercurrent here of military development of viruses of really excessive amounts of viral samples being held at labs and this only benefits this doesn't benefit research you don't need five hundred thousand types of something that can kill a load of things to know what what they do you you can you can narrow it down you can be safer but this is again like i say we say slapdash i think that's one of the things we see they want it they want us to feel like we're always very close to it because they're going to create that as well and that feels like something that's been present in the past over 100 years these people like to have viruses going around they like to have that control it gives them ultimate power and we've seen it and at, at the time that ultimate power is almost you can't argue against it People call you all sorts of names for saying, don't give away this sort of power. Don't let them experiment on your children. Like, that seems like obvious, that would be the easy argument to use with everybody. These guys are beyond, I mean, if you actually listen to them speak, they're beyond understanding how we think, how we act, how we are. Because they do seem like they're a complete elite they see themselves as different from us so what we're seeing is not a separation of systems we're seeing a separation of people the people the haves and have not in the future in the technological biomedical and technological realm the haves and have not will be divided by two extremes the people who are able to have medical interventions that will make them more powerful in some way and the people who they will test on so that they can have that technology. And I think we're already here. And I think these are the guys who are doing it so when i i i i see these guys especially um how they've uh tried to manifest these um viral, you know these pandemic alerts um they're obviously trying to spark something they need something because it gives them more power more power means they'll be able to get away with more in the future so we will see more of this we will see more of this the great pandemics were meant to be what 100 150 years something like that it's a, like now it's like it's suspected it's every 10 years we 're going to have some form of great pandemic, and why because there 's a load of labs full of stuff that they want to to bust out they want they want to test on us it 's the only way they can get us to manufacture they can manufacture consent for that the only way
0: well i think you 're exactly right, and i 'm not even sure they 're waiting ten years between pandemics i mean they 're already projecting the next one they 're already talking about bird flu they 're already talking about. Marburg, they're already talking about um actually now the newest uh, one I've seen being telegraphed is Venezuelan equine encephalopathy v e e uh, so yeah, we're not serious. I,
2: when I was down in Chile, um, I've been in Chile for about six months, and they were testing warus and saying, "Oh, wal- the warus down there—I think it was warus or seals, one of the two, sea lions or waruses—and they were saying they got bird flu. We found the thousands, thousands of them have got bird flu. It's only a matter of time before cross-contamination, because everybody knows humans hang out with sea lions and warus. <laughs> I mean, it's what we do, isn't it? We're bound to catch their disease. They're so ridiculous in how they try and spark the. These things, but they work every now and again. They work. They had to keep trying. And this is really important to understand as well. They had to keep trying over 20-30 year period to spark something that would then give them control. And COVID did that. What made COVID different than everything else? Who knows? Maybe it's just, I think personally and I think there's a load of evidence pointing at this, is that that agenda that we see coming, that's a 2030 agenda down the line, um, that's policy agenda, needs to be rolled on quicker, and that can be done in a state of emergency better than it can be done at any other time. So the obvious idea is that they're trying to create states of emergency that allows them to incorporate policies for an agenda that will lead us to um, uh, not only technocrats being in charge, um, a, a techn- Democrats who don't seem to care about humanity too much, but um, uh, people who Bushani, see themselves as transhuman—that
0: is, that is exactly what they do. It, the the weapon is fear, and it leads to people submitting to totalitarian control and the state of emergency. And you may have already found this, but the state of emergency being used as a means of global control goes back to the beginning. In the 1994 Egypt Population Accords, followed by the 2005 International Health Regulatory Agreement that was signed by 196 countries, putting the WHO in charge of a public health emergency of international concern. When Tedros announced that in March of 2020, that set the trigger, that fired the gun of the in. International Health Regulatory Agreement from 2005 that usurped nations' sovereignty and usurped the U.S. Constitution, allowing all of the tyranny under COVID. But the other thing to keep in mind is that this is all leading to the global control through digital ids digital currency vaccine passports smart cities p- keeping people imprisoned in their little area geofencing and all of the other technology but in addition to that we also see that it's being used as the long standing depopulation agenda so okay. there's no question But what the constant ginning up the fear is used to terrorize the public into submitting to totalitarian one world control. And One Health is an extension of that because they're not only looking at human health, but they're also controlling animals, plants, insects, microorganisms, and establishing databases of the genetic material of all of those. Plus, they're now using that as a means of controlling the, quote, health, end quote, of the climate and claiming climate change is another emergency when, in fact, what they refuse, and and it doesn't serve their agenda to acknowledge that carbon dioxide emissions are critical for the health of vegetation that provides the oxygen for humans to live so when you talk about john Kerry's idiot statement in fact diabolical statement to reduce carbon emissions to net zero well that's designed to kill people it's not designed to help the planet
2: Uh, Yeah, John Kerry, if you, I mean, uh, John Kerry's got a history of being right deep in this agenda, this uh, one, uh, like, global uh, agenda. Uh, Listen, back in the, um, I've written a lot about uh, Klaus Schwab, his origins, uh, the origins of the World Economic Forum. And one thing from studying the World Economic Forum um, that you find is that in the first 10, 15 years, the Americans didn't like to to show their face too much. you know, Kissinger showed up in the eighty early eighties here and there, but basically, no Americans turned up to be central center stage because it had originally been funded um via uh, or, and and created via a CIA uh, funded course. So obviously, they wanted to keep distance from uh, a little bit of that. Um, but John Kerry was one of the first people who was allowed through the gates and allowed to be openly public. He's uh, one of the people who um, were, of course, his his uh, potential of becoming president was something Jeffrey Epstein spotted in 1994 and started funding his campaigns up until about 2002. I mean, th- these are the, uh, he's one of my main suspects for meeting with Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Nicole Junkerman in the, 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 the Wexner uh, mansion out in there. These people are extremely dirty. They've got their hands in every, fingers in every single pie. This is uh, something that goes back as well. When you're talking about depopulation agenda it all goes back to the same time there seems to be two periods of extreme interest there's this period of the uh, late 60s early 70s especially 71 72 73 where um ibm are working with club of rome and they're looking at limits to growth and they're advertising that out through this new world economic forum which is called the european management symposium and at the same time uh on ibm scholarships and people like roy anderson who are also working under the same being trained under the same umbrella um at the same time during that period lots of uh, these people are lobbying government and they're starting off a process and that process again another time was would would lead to what you see in the mid 90s with this new change this organizational structure meaning that they people like R- richard sykes and and roy anderson jeremy Ferran and people can make this infrastructure that leads to them not having to have accountability and distance themselves from stuff there's these two moments in history the early 70s and the mid 90s going on noughties that were really important in being able to examine what was going on and something happened there and it's i think you you hit the nail on the head when you talk about depopulation because this is all you know it's death by a thousand cuts literally you know it's death by a thousand cuts this is happening all over the place the the push to to drive the population down is happening all over the place. It has to be seen as one of the first things that these people look at when they want to achieve something.
0: I think you're exactly right. And and people have a hard time wrapping their mind around it. Um, in the time we have left, about 10 minutes, Hedley, what are, are your thoughts about all that Johnny has been exposing today? Certainly the American audience really does not know much about the Wellcome trust or sir richard sykes or roy anderson and i i don't even know how widespread it's known here that neil ferguson was one of the original false modelers that ginned up the fear of the deaths of covid that terrorized everyone over here because i know that that Information, which which came from Oxford, Neil Ferguson's flawed model or false model, intentionally false, came via Oxford to the Trump administration and was what Fauci used, probably knowing Ferguson's background. I dare say that President Trump was not likely to have known Neil Ferguson's background, but. That was what led to the massive lockdowns and business closings, was that flawed model from Ferguson?
1: And My my question is uh, just to jump in there, Johnny. We've spoken a lot about the UK MHRA, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation employee, Dr. Ian Hudson, who was the CEO of MHRA, and he was a big wig of the European Message Agency. So Gates has captured the global healthcare regulatory system, and um, so. But I, I, this is obviously a much, there's a much bigger picture, but this is part of it. The UK we've called the test bed for the SARS-CoV-2 injections uh, because they've done the regulatory piece. So how, how much do you think the UK, England, whatever, are sort of central to this whole thing? Uh, the first thing uh, there's
2: two things first thing is Neil Ferguson was taught everything he knew about modeling by the guy who invented modeling and trained him which is Roy Anderson he trained him up on everything he literally invented computer modeling that we use today for viruses he literally invented it like he created it how it's used and he taught it to Neil Ferguson and then it was enacted multiple times over the past 30 years after that as a tool because no one understood computer modeling and even if you argued with it they then split up the results um when it comes down to the legal infrastructure around things like covid uh, british law is really good at sniffing out problems it makes it a really secure place to start uh your plan because you can use people who uh, are tied in with other powerful people uh unaccountable in some other way like the people of the welcome trust and w- if there is a legal problem the legal advisors will work it out very early on they'll work work it out through complex law. I don't know how they did, but they talk about everything. They work it all out. And then they, there's an infrastructure. Now, people like um, Richard Sykes are really important because they create the infrastructure. That includes a legal infrastructure. So we see uh, Richard Sykes uh, uh, now being the one who's pushing forward on uh, putting infrastructure in place that is mirrors the vaccine task force, the UK vaccine task force. Now, that is what they do. Do. they create the legal infrastructure they create the 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 organizational infrastructure and they say okay now it's sorted let's give it to the rest of the world so that's partially what britain is britain's a great test bed legally um uh, to get around regulations and to understand what to do without getting in trouble first and to have that sort of distance between the, the corporations and the consequences
0: well, yeah, but- I, I think it's very chilling to see the way in which Great Britain has, has been such a leader in the genetic experimentation and the infrastructure to undermine and control countries around the world. It's almost like the uh, sun never sets on the British Empire has taken on entirely new meaning in their ominous threads and, and spider web of tentacles that are controlling the rest of the world.
2: I'd say that the Americans use the British like that. I'd say the Americans use the British like the sun never sets, you know, on the British Empire, so that everybody's eventually looks over there. Um, and that's why we see how Fauci was the one who says, okay, we'll get Jeremy Farrar and these guys over here to do it. That's what they're doing. they kind of like, you know, we'll always get away with something because we can just look back and say, oh, yeah, they've always done this before. Remember when they took over the world? Those British. <laughs>
0: Very interesting. I don't have any doubt that the diabolical actors in our government and and look, we we suspected for many years before it's come out more clearly now that the CIA and the deep state were involved in assassinating John Kennedy, President Kennedy, Mm -hmm. because Kennedy had just announced that America would be getting out of the Vietnam war. And he had also given a speech exposing some of the dark role of the CIA. And he had wanted his attorney general and brother, Bobby Kennedy to dismantle the CIA. And Mm -hmm. within months he was assassinated and that was 63. And then in the spring of 1968, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, and so was Martin Luther King. So there, there were a lot of uh, suspicion around what our government did to stop them. And if you look at all of the people who tried to stop the deep state agenda, President Kennedy, President Nixon, President Reagan, and President Trump, all of them have been sabotaged by the CIA, FBI, and the global elites and deep state. So I have no question but what America is hand in hand and this through the CIA with the Brits and, and Ukraine and all of that
2: yeah I think the big leaders can't get power unless they somehow sell out a part of themselves to the CIA and that's what you saw especially with people like Nixon and Reagan where I mean Reagan had to have George Bush who had been the head of the CIA just a few years before to uh, to be his running mate otherwise he wasn't going to get in you know they have to do some form of deal with the devil Nixon's administration was covered I'm I'm about to publish an article which will go there um and it just covered in cia actors all over the place and you're right you're very much right uh, at that point like how the pharmaceutical industry is today the war industry the perpetual war industry was yes. something that you could not touch back then because if you touched it they would kill you they would kill you quick and they did kill people quick
0: yes you're exactly right hedley
1: your comments
0: as we come to almost the end today
1: well, yeah, this is stunning, in there. I, I sort of, I know bits of it and I, I know a lot more now about what, what's going on. So I've been in an industry which has been falling apart inside pharma for the last 40 or more years. Um, I had no idea this was going on um, and it's so important to know it so that in some way there's a way of stopping it. it and, you know, it's, it's so big. I'd just like to hear your views, John and Dr. Lee, on, you know, what happens next.
0: Well, number one, Americans definitely need to wake up and realize that no one's coming to save us, that we, the people, are the ones who have... Remaining, remaining power in many ways. We have local action, community, county, state action. The, state, the states in the U.S. have power against the federal government if they choose to exercise it, which is going to take power of we the people pressuring our state leaders to stand up against federal tyranny and that is the value of our constitutional republic. The power does still reside with the states. The problem is too many of our state governors have been bribed and corrupted by, by, by and bought off by the federal government dollars coming into their state. I think there's a second part because all of this, in my view, is a cataclysmic spiritual battle as well as political, economic. And medical, and America was founded as a nation built on a covenant with God. And in fact, we just had our recovenanting of the first covenant in 1607, and that that ceremony was just done in April 2023 at Cape Henry, Virginia. America for needs to turn back to God, repent of our sins. And lead the way under God's sovereignty. So my message for Americans is a little different from what we would say to people in other countries, because that is our history. We were founded as a nation covenanted with God. That is unquestionable, even if the revisionists want to try and lie and pretend that's not true. we have that responsibility as people. And all of us, Johnny, you, me, Dr. Yeadon, all of us are calling for citizens around the world to basically do three things at, as a start. Number one, say no to more boosters if you've already gotten the COVID shot. Don't, don't get additional shots that are mRNA shots. Number two, say no To the digital currency and number three resist the 15 minute city control of your life and then come together as free citizens free human beings under god and organize in your countries as we're seeing in france and germany and the netherlands and we're seeing people in england speaking out so I think we all do have power. And I want to thank both of you for being here today because this is a critically important area. And I really do want to invite Johnny back because I think he's bringing in some critically important connections, things I know from my American history and my activism on these topics going back many years, not just COVID. And what Johnny knows from his even more in-depth work and research. We need to be bringing this in. So, Headley, we'll talk about getting Johnny more involved. And I want to thank both of you for being with us today. This is Dr. Lee for America with Inside Pharma Whistleblower Report. And check our website, www.truthforhealth.org. We'll be back again with another Whistleblower Report and all of them on our website at www.whistleblowerreports.org.